This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer, and I am so excited to be back from a hectic weekend, to say the least. I've been at BravoCon, and so has my guest today. She is a friend of mine and a deputy editor at Us Weekly. Please welcome back to the podcast, Sarah Heron. To quote Austin Kroll, hey D. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> hey D, what's up? That was iconic. Woo. I'm dying. That uh, that was the fact that that I recorded that interview like I guess six days ago now. It feels like I was in a different lifetime. Mm-hmm. Pre BravoCon and post BravoCon, you are a different you're a different person. It just it is what it is. Yes. So you were at BravoCon. You were also at BravoCon in 2019, as was I. I don't feel like 2019 had an ounce of the chaos and drama and just energy that this weekend really felt like everybody was on 100 out of 10. No, 2019 was like everyone wanted to be friends. Everyone was meeting. No one knew what to expect. It was a very just like chill vibe. And it was like weird that you would turn around and like see all these people casually walking around. This BravoCon, you knew when someone important, quote unquote, was walking by because a mob of people was chasing them and screaming and you couldn't get anywhere without, you know, walking through several lines. It was madness. I. It was funny to see who over the course of the weekend kind of caused the biggest stir like on the BravoCon floor. Like I was really amused to see people screaming for Jake from State Farm when he was there on Friday. (laughs) Like That was amazing. I saw Jerry O'Connell getting fully just mobbed by middle-aged women. I mean, like in heat, like just (laughs) ready to go. Andrea, I don't think could walk half an inch in that room without just a swarm following him. Like there was a lot of just feral energy in the room and you know, where else but BravoCon. Jerry O'Connell got like attacked in the bathroom because (laughs) after day one where there was the, obviously like the women's room line was a little longer than the men's room line at most events, but BravoCon, obviously no surprise. So then day two, they made them all gender neutral, which made sense. But then Jerry O'Connell was in the bathroom, probably could have gone to a separate bathroom, but he chose to stars there just like us and go in the main one and had girls taking photos like with him in the bathroom. (laughs) I'm now actually, I'm now on the record in a Jezebel article telling a story about Teddy Mellencamp cutting a bathroom line. (laughs) I'm like, like, God, I hope Teddy doesn't read this because I I don't want Teddy. I was with Teddy like half the weekend because she was in the press room with us. So I was like on the floor in the later hours. But during the day, I was mostly in the press room. And Teddy was there doing her podcast. And it was definitely an interesting dynamic to have her and uh, what's his name? Justin Anderson, Anderson, the hairstylist, like doing 
their iHeartRadio podcast right before like the full press line started. So that was like a weird, interesting way to even like start the room. She was, I talked to Teddy, she was nice and whatever, but it was just, you know, an interesting note. I want one of the reasons I was excited to talk to you post BravoCon is because you were in the press room for a lot of the weekend. I'm sure you had a little bit of a different experience than those of us who were, you know, running between panels and stuff mostly. Um, what was the what was the atmosphere like in the press room? And was there anyone that you had like an especially good or interesting time chatting with? Um, the atmosphere in the press room was pretty chaotic as well, especially on Friday because. I think the same way a lot of people turn out on the first couple days of like Friday and Saturday were probably nuts and Sunday was like a little more chill out on the floor. Um, The same thing that happened Friday, like every outlet was there and everyone was like smushed together and it's just like this one really long red carpet. Um, And then Saturday, like less people showed up maybe because they were scarred from Friday. I don't know. Um, But honestly, the craziest part was probably Friday after the Beverly Hills panel when Lisa Renna was booed. And no one knew if Lisa Renna was doing press. It was kind of like a question mark to begin with. They kept changing, like, who was definitely going to be in the press room, especially in Beverly Hills world. Like, no one knew if Kathy mm-hmm. was definitely showing up. She was there hours later than she was supposed to. Lisa wasn't even on the list to be doing press until, like, right before. So she showed up right fresh off the panel um, and obviously went down this line of probably, like, 20 reporters asking her. And we were told, like, three questions each, asking her, what was it like to be booed? Are you going to be put on pause like over and over again? So she gets halfway down the line and the PR person for Civic, who was like running the event with Bravo, not even Bravo PR, was Mm. like, all right, we're down to two questions each for Lisa. Then she got asked again about the boo, whatever. And, you know, I'm sure people have seen her responses have been very much like, I loved it. WWE, like she was trying to like feed into it. Like, it'll be great. And then somebody else was like, what are you going to do if you get fired? And she was like, it'll be cool. It'll be so cool. And then they were like, one question for Lisa. And then after someone asked again, she went, no questions for Lisa and just walked off. (laughs) And that was the end of Lisa right on the press line. So she made it halfway through and then left. And I was standing right there when she was next. And I was like, this was better than me getting to ask her one question because I watched like real time Lisa Renna leave the press line done and just declare she was over it. That was kind of Lisa Renna's BravoCon vibe on the whole, I would say, because earlier before... The Beverly Hills panel was kind of like the marquee event of the weekend, I would say. In terms of panels, it was the thing that anybody who bought a ticket for Friday assumed that's the panel that they are going to be at. And thus the crowd control issues, which is a whole other thing. But I, earlier in the day, was at a Bravo Palooza, which if you are, if you don't speak BravoCon, First of all, uh, you're probably doing better than we are this week. Yeah, but Bravo Palooza, it's like an extra ticketed add-on event where you're in essentially a big, I mean, it's a big conference room. You're at the convention mm-hmm. center, but they have it like, it's like a little loungy vibe and you're in there for an hour and there's drinks and hors d'oeuvres and they sort of send in Bravo liberties and it's a smaller group of people so you kind of are mingling with them taking photos but it's more of a conversational vibe like Leva was in there I saw a woman talking her ear off for like 15 minutes which is probably not quite you know the the appropriate vibe but you know I was talking to Dr. Nicole I was talking to Emily Simpson it's a very it feels like a much chiller atmosphere than when you're in a meet and greet line and it's like okay take your picture keep it moving um, but Lisa Rinna walked into the room unannounced. They didn't announce who was doing Bravo Palooza in advance. So it's very oh. like, I'm showing up to this thing at 12. 
I hope it's not lame. Otherwise, I might only stay for 15 minutes. And Lisa Rinna walks in the room and you can feel the vibe just like shift a little bit where everybody else, everybody's like, woo! Like, I'm excited to see Gina. I'm excited <laughs> to see, you know, who, like, you know, Marisol walks in. Everybody's like, Marisol. And then <laughs> Lisa Rinna walks in and everybody's kind of like, oh. Oh, oh shit! She's here. <laughs> she's here. She's here. We didn't even. It, I wasn't even really, really convinced she was going to show up to BravoCon. Me either. And I didn't think she was. The, all of a sudden, she's walking in this room where there's just like fifty people mingling, and she was wearing her her bright orange suit. Her hair was looking extra shaggy. The smoky eye was extra smoky. And she did not seem super into the mingling thing. She was a, she was taking some photos. She said hi to Gina or whatever. And then she did one little lap, grabbed a drink, and was like, skadoodled out the door. I grabbed her for a selfie at the very last minute. She looked like she'd rather walk over broken glass than take a picture with me. I don't <laughs> think she... She doesn't know who I am. Like, I don't think she right. knows who I am. Um, but she then, might. <laughs> She's pretty active on Instagram, Dylan. I'm sure she probably knows who you are. Uh, <laughs> That's a scary thought. Whether I'm, she'd admit it or not, she probably like when does. I, when I got introduced to Vicky at the girls' trip premiere party, I'm like, so nice to meet you. I really hope you don't know who I am. It's such a weird thing, right? It's like, do I say my outlet? Do you recognize my face? I don't know. I kind of like being anonymous. But they, I think they know. You know the housewives that have issues on the internet. They, they know they haven't seen your face, but. Fair enough. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients 
ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. Then the Beverly Hills panel was like an an hour or so after this Bravo Palooza thing. So I'm like, okay, I know Rin is here. I know she doesn't necessarily seem super into the BravoCon atmosphere, let's just say. And then this Beverly Hills panel turns out to be one of the most chaotic rooms I've ever been in in my life because mm-hmm. there the line was just massive. And there were long lines for a lot of stuff all weekend. It's a convention with 30,000 people. There's going to be lines. But with Beverly Hills, it was very apparent before they even opened the doors to this room, all these people aren't going to fit. Right. And they, so they hadn't, I guess, they hadn't cleared out the room from the panel before. And that was what they started doing after this. But so there were already people sitting inside. And then they start to open the curtains to let people in for Beverly Hills. And it just becomes a mad dash. Nobody's walking through the the stanchions to use, you know, the... <laughs> the word we all learned on Salt Lake right. City. Nobody's like following the line. They just start bum rushing the entrance. And, you know, I had I had an SVIP wristband for the weekend, which, you know, usually had much shorter lines. You got a better seating area, whatever. Nobody knew where that was happening. Right. Like everybody was just running. And then... <laughs> I quick. I was with people. I was with friends, and then I, I stopped for a split second to say hi to someone else. My friends were nowhere to be found. It was just totally like gone, go, rolling with the current. And so I just like found myself a chair, parked it in a seat, and I was like, "So help me God, I will stay in this seat for this fucking panel." And then you know, there's people. So all the seats were filled. There is just this crowd of people standing in front of the stage, in front of the front row of seats. And obviously, those people aren't going to be able to stay there for the panel. It's like very apparent, but they're just standing there because there's no other place to go. I witnessed a fight two seats over from me because there's this guy and he was like yelling at a woman who's standing in front of him. And she's like, where are we supposed to go? And he's like, "Okay, Karen. And so then the woman's friends start yelling at the guy and then he's video videoing them on his phone. It was like a whole thing. And he also had a dog, which I, I, I don't know if it was a service dog or whatever, mm. but he was holding a dog. And then the women walk away and then he turns to the woman sitting in between us uh, who neither of us know. And he goes, I'm going to go talk to security and get them kicked out. Can you hold my dog? Stop. And he just <laughs> gives her the dog and like charges off. So then this woman who's sitting next to me is like, I don't know what the fuck's happening. I, like now, now I have this dog. I'm not right. even a dog. She she goes, I'm not even a dog person. I'm like, that's not really the issue here. It's like, Man, so then, she just passed the dog like around. Like it just goes around the panel. Like, finding a dog person in the room to hold the and dog. And then ultimately guy with the dog comes back. He takes, he takes his dog back. But then the woman who was holding the dog, it turns out that she doesn't have the right wristband to be sitting in this section. So when they finally go through and are checking to make sure everybody's sitting in the right place, she gets kicked out of her seat anyway. And she, 
she's like, oh my she's god, like trying not to show the guy her wristband, and she's like, do you, she's like, I, do you know how much I paid to be here? And it's like, respectfully, bam, like every. Every people right. ought to be here. Yeah. And like, if you don't have the right wristband, that means that other people actually paid, paid more. more. <laughs> it's on the internet. It's literally on the internet how much everyone paid. So Did then, they check people's wristbands at every panel or just this one? Like when you um, got in? There was like some check. Yeah. So they to get in, they were pretty much checking because if you were going in the VIP or SVIP lines, they were checking like at the start of the line. Right. But I think okay, the issue yeah. with Beverly Hills was just that there was no start of the line. It just it didn't happen. Um, but yeah, so I guess the panel started probably 30 minutes late. <laughs> and, um, I mean, it's funny overall because out of I went to like 12 panels this weekend and Beverly Hills was the most boring one. So it's kind of hilarious that there was this, you know, ridiculous situation. I was going to say, I've heard nothing about this panel because I wasn't there. I walked by the line and then ran back into the press room and was like reporting live to the other Mm -hmm. reporters. Like you guys, like chaos is ensuing out there. And then I had another, an Us Weekly reporter going to the panels, like texting me the bigger (laughs) things that happened so I could ask about it. Like it was like a whole line, like a chain of communication. And the only thing she said to me was like the crowd control and the booze. And I was like, so when everyone fought to get in there, did they even see anything good? I mean, not particularly. It's always, I would say, kind of the most fun thing about the panels is just seeing all of them together in yeah. real life because there's no there's no other scenario unless you happen to be at a restaurant where they're filming or something. You're never going to yeah. see them all doing the thing together in yeah. real life. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the actual content of the panel, it was pretty light. I mean, it was that panel was hosted by Brad Goreski, who... I, I love Brad, but he's not somebody who's going to really get that messy. Like he's friends yeah. with Rina. He's friends with Erica. Like he, you know, likes all of them. Um, so it was, you know, it was not the, I would say it was whelming. It was fine. Okay. It was, it was kind of what I expected. But then when you compare it to like a Potomac panel mm-hmm. or an Atlanta panel or even the Miami panel, like okay, shit was popping. I was at Salt Lake City, which I thought was pretty electric. Oh. Salt Lake City, I missed the Salt Lake City panel, and that is my one real regret of the weekend, because when I started seeing videos from that room, holy shit. (laughs) No, like, they all hate each other. Like, it's literally just Heather and Meredith versus Lisa and Whitney, and this is going to be one of those panels and, like, moments where they're going to need to, like, roll the tape or, like, have a whole section of their reunion dedicated to what happened at BravoCon because they were rehashing right. things. And Whitney was trying to pull up receipts. And the moderator, I think it was Karamo, was like, we don't have mm-hmm. time for this. Like, she was trying to, like, like start. they were fighting about things that happened on Girls Trip that we haven't even seen yet, obviously, that we won't see for a while. They were fighting about the hot mic moment again. They all just hate each other. It was it was like a reunion. And then the, the right. crowd was just yelling, hi, baby, gorgeous, every 10 seconds. So it was just like the wildest room to be in. For me, that was like my biggest, like, oh, wow, like panel of the weekend. I was in a few, I wasn't at that panel, but then there were a few other times throughout the weekend where either Whitney or Heather were on a panel or both of them that I was at. And it came up numerous times because somebody would ask a question like, oh, like Whitney and Heather, we want you guys to be friends again. Like, when are you going to get along? And, you know, maybe one of them would say something like we, we want to get along. And then Whitney would be like, well, I mean, if you want to get along, then why are you dot, 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 dot? And it's like, yeah. oh, no, we're not. We're not there yet. And like, I went to the the Watch What Happens live taping on Sunday night that I think is airing 
Tuesday tonight, the mystery door one. Okay. And they were both there. And somebody was like, let's like Whitney and Heather went like, let's play squash that beef. And it's like, that beef is not prepared to be squashed Mm-mm. at the present moment no. and they also said i think heather got asked who fought the most on girls trip three and she said me and whitney so wow. like they are they are in a deeply bad place right now and it seems like something that if it's going to be fixed is going to be a journey and a process a, a healing journey if you will mm-hmm. um yeah a lot of healing <laughs> we need a lot more healers if we're going to get through this one But I think that was a big takeaway from the weekend of kind of just this through line of like, oh, they're not just having like a little bit of an issue. They fucking hate each other right now. Yeah, it was. It was that like the Gorgas and the Judice beef, the Heather and um, Lisa or the Heather and Whitney. And then I feel like also Danielle and Lindsay from Summer House, they had them on like opposite sides of Mm -hmm. a lot of things. And their press lines. I it was interesting to see like because most of the time they would start at the top of the press line and like bring people down. And at the top was like your entertainment tonight, your e news like broadcast like yeah. video. And then they would go down the line, but they started some people at the other end. And I part of me was like, oh, is this for crowd control? And another part of me is like, oh, every time they're doing it, it feels like they're people that they're keeping kind of separate. So Danielle and Lindsay, I feel like that was like the confirmation everyone wanted from Summerhouse to see if they were fighting, which they definitely are not in a good place either. Yeah, at their panel, they got asked an audience question, I think, that was like, what's the status of your relationship right now or what happened? And Danielle just said, "I, all I can say, because it's on the season that hasn't aired yet, she said, all I can say is that it's unfortunate. And Lindsay just said, I agree. So <laughs> I heard Danielle say, "I." M- Maya was speaking for Danielle and she said um, she chose herself. And then Lindsay mm. told one of my coworkers that Danielle betrayed her. So, I don't know. I think that's going to be good, though. A lot of the... It was getting me pretty hyped for... And Vanderpump Rules was the same thing where it's like, everyone, obviously, the last couple of seasons has been kind of like over it. But watching, you know, Tom, Schwartz, Raquel, and Katie also all go down this press line and be asked about this and the awkwardness of like them kind of looking around to see who was behind them when they were answering the questions. I feel like it made people excited for Vanderpump Rules for the first time in a while, too. Yeah. Also, it was confirmed that Garcelle is going to appear on Vanderpump Rules this season. And Raquel, who we know that they, she and Oliver, Garcelle's son, went on dates or something happened between them. Yeah. And Raquel saying that she, Oliver, quote, misled her. I'm like, oh. Oh, okay. I know. I know. And <laughs> like, I asked, I, one of the things I did was like regrets you have or, and one of the things, and she told me that both of Raquel answers were things that didn't air yet. So I was like, okay, um, we'll all work with this. But one of them was like to redo. She said she would redo the situation with Oliver. And so we know that Raquel had moments with Schwartz, Peter, and Oliver Garcelle send the season. So I think Raquel's like going to be the star of Vanderpump Rules season 10. Yeah. Also, I, I think that's one of the interesting things about BravoCon and having everybody here at the same weekend because of course some of the shows are in the thick of airing. Potomac, Salt Lake are just just getting underway really this season. We've just had a season of Beverly Hills, you know, but like New Jersey, um, Miami, they have seasons that are done filming, but we haven't seen any of it yet. And, Mm -hmm. you know, OC, they said they have three weeks left of filming. And so that dynamic was really interesting. I was, I was kind of giddy to learn that Taylor Armstrong and Heather Dubrow, it sounds like have a lot of drama this season, which is not, I wasn't really expecting Taylor to be 
in a position of drama this season. I kind of just thought they were going to bring her on as like a fun extra. So I'm like, yeah. okay, I'd like to know more about that. And I mean, I don't know. OC I, I was I barely agree. even on my radar. And now I'm like, okay, tell me more. I know. And Tamara was doing her Tamara thing where she would, you know, drop a, drop a little nugget or kind of like stir the pot a little bit. She got involved with drama with Jen Shaw. She got involved, obviously, with the Jill drama. And at that Watch What Happens Live Friday taping, the Legends Ball one that had everyone there, mm-hmm. it seemed pretty divided of like Vicky sat with Shannon and Tamara and then Heather... Uh, Emily and Gina kind of were sitting and they're all in like a line, but it seems separate. But then in the press line the next day, I saw Shannon talk to um, Heather a decent amount, but I didn't see too much Tamara and Heather Dubrow interaction, but it didn't seem like frosty, but like it seemed a little split. So I actually think there's a decent amount brewing there. Yeah, I was talking to Emily on Friday and she was saying that it's weird to be there in the middle of filming because Mm -hmm. things are so fresh. They're still developing for the season. And she said that they had just been filming as a group like a couple days before they left for BravoCon and then have to jump right back into it. And I mean, they didn't have a ton of drama compared to the other casts, some of them this weekend. So I don't know if there will be like BravoCon storylines coming up at the end of their filming, but there definitely could be. I was really excited to see uh, the Miami panel and their cast dynamic, knowing that they've filmed all of season five, which we got the trailer for. It premieres in December. It looks hot. Yeah, it um, does. But that cast dynamic to me was so interesting because they, it's the kind of thing where everybody is getting along enough to the point where the overall vibe felt fun. But it's like, if if things turned just a tiny bit, all of a sudden, four people on stage are bickering with each other. And right. it was like, the first question from the moderator at their panel was just like, how would you describe this upcoming season? And all of a sudden, we're arguing over who wasn't invited on Dr. Nicole's private jet. And Alexia was invited, but she wasn't on the jet because Adriana was on the jet. And why would she come on the plane if her if somebody she doesn't like is there? And then Adriana saying that Alexia uninvited her from her house. And it's like, we're just r- r- running with it. And it's like, okay, what was the question? <laughs> That was the best. All the panels that had those moments, I feel like I was at part of Potomac. Salt Lake City had this, and it sounds like Miami did. The ones where they were really being like the show, where the Mm -hmm. question would be asked, and someone would say something that bothered them a little, and if they decided to take the bait, then it would just be the whole group fighting and talking over each other and not actually getting anywhere, but getting to feel like you were living in it. And then the moderator having to try to find a way to like come back to like a dumb question that no one actually wants answered. Like who had the best style? It's like, no, 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 we want to go back to that. But like they have probably someone in their ear being like, move it along. They have rules. Like the moderators get questions from Bravo that are like pre-approved. Like it's, it's a no glory job. I feel like moderating these panels. Yeah, it, it, it is tough. And also at the Miami panel, it was like, Lisa and Larsa, which Lisa got so much love this weekend. People Mm -hmm. are so firmly on her side. She looked like a WWE, like total divas thing at her panel with her like sex hair and like sparkly jumpsuit. But she and Larsa, she and Larsa were in the middle of saying how they're such good friends. And Larsa was so supportive to Lisa with the divorce and stuff. And then all of a sudden, I don't even know what got them on this path, but then there are, they're, going back and forth about how they both felt like the other one wasn't a good friend to them at the beginning of the season. Oh, God. And I was just like, 
well, you know, like, I always want to support you, but I just felt like you weren't being a good friend to me. And Lisa's like, and I felt the same. And Lars is like, well, I felt like you weren't being a good friend. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. You were just saying how much you love each other. <laughs> and like how many Instagrams will they see about like best friends and BravoCon? And then it's like, no, they hate each other. It was so much of that. And I think the Housewives especially... I remember last BravoCon, it was Beverly Hills was the only one really filming. And it mm-hmm. was like all the Denise stuff was going down. So they like didn't really do press. And this time they didn't really restrict anyone from answering questions and doing stuff too. So they like gave just enough. Um, but it was like a full-time job for those Bravo, Bravo yeah. PR people to keep them separate. And obviously like the Joe, Joe Gorga really just like thought he was the king of BravoCon from my, I didn't see that panel, but I was with the, uh, Evan after he hosted it. Mm-hmm. And then I, we saw them on the press line and they, the Jersey ones were really acting Jersey. It was it was pretty wild because we knew in advance of BravoCon that they had split up the Jersey panel situation. So it was uh, Teresa, Jennifer, and Dolores, and then the uh, Jackie, Margaret, and Melissa. But watching that dynamic, the separate dynamic, but still very much you know talking about each other and talking about the situation, we got sort of numerous conflicting explanations for why the panel had been split and who was who was responsible because at I think at his panel Joe Gorga was saying that it was Teresa wanted the panels split and then yeah. that got brought up at Teresa's panel and Teresa's like why you think I have that much power like oh haha yeah like I'm in charge whatever and she's like no it's the network and it's like okay so that's another yeah. thing and then Andy got asked about it at his ask Andy thing and he's like well you know it's sort of a tough situation because you know we want it to be fun but also there's a whole season that we've filmed and so that's kind of tough because we don't want whatever and then you know they didn't it's sort of them too didn't really want to be so it's like nobody can give an exact real reason but also it's like the reason is clear they fucking hate right. each other. Yeah, they just hate <laughs> each other. Like it's we've been watching this for a decade. We know they hate each other. They've always hated each other and they're just at a point where they're finally admitting they hate each other and it's awkward but it was funny because I talked to Teresa and Louie was like some of the husbands were did like their own press line which was like an interesting thing but Louie walked down with Teresa and he was like kind of getting involved but he was doing a little bit of like coaching almost like Teresa was like the door is closed and Louie's like well the door is not closed like it was like a wild dynamic to kind of watch that go down and then Joe Gorga I don't I mean I know there were shots involved and stuff but I feel like he was just really like going kind of hard on being like wanting mm-hmm. sympathy but also being like like i saw that rant he did at his panel like about the whole melissa and them coming on the show again like he said all this stuff before but i feel like they were all saying it with like so much more conviction like it really did admit like we are we all hate each other right it's like it's the same wound that's always been there but it has been freshly yeah you know <laughs> made worse it's open it's reopened it's active it's it's a lot yeah, and also at the Legends Ball, their cast was separated there too. They got announced as the Real Housewives of New Jersey, but they came out of two separate doors on the stage and were seated on opposite sides and were very much the only cast that was being treated that way. And so I thought it was interesting, kind of, it wasn't just the panels, it was like for the entire weekend, like the Jersey cast will be split into two factions. 
absolutely crazy. It's even because like the Beverly Hills cast came out together. Lisa Renna was sitting two seats away, a seat away from Kathy Hilton. She didn't look her in the eye, but they were all sitting in the same row. Crystal right. was just in the middle, or uh, Erica. One of the, there were a couple people in the middle of them, Crazy, but like yeah. Lisa just didn't talk to anyone. But right. she sat I mean, there. <laughs> Lisa looked like she wanted to, you know, jump into the river during that yeah. <laughs> Andy's Legends ball. I don't that was one thing where I haven't watched the the version that made it to okay. air, but like being in the room and being able to see everybody on stage for the whole hour and a half or whatever that they were out there. It it's was like, like two hours. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like, oh, Lisa Lisa Rinna is uh not jazzed to be here. And during the commercial yeah. breaks, everybody was mingling and talking to different franchises and, you know, having fun and like waving to the crowd and all this stuff. And Lisa Rinna looked like she was in the waiting room of a doctor's office. Yeah. Oh, that's a, totally accurate. It was, that was the best part. Like in the commercial breaks, like, I watched Shep and Taylor, like Loki get into, like it looked like a heated fight, but then I'm pretty sure they like were spending every night together there from everything I heard also. So that was dramatic. And um, Craig, like immediately after they did the first intro, walking over to sit with Paige, like just abandoning Southern charm and going over to the other side. Like that was amazing. And then Brandy Glanville's face while Sheena Shea did a split in front of her is, <laughs> something that will be burned into my memory forever yeah oh my god just so just so much so much to take in so much to process splash refreshers are the delicious zero calorie beverage i'm reaching for again and again when i'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful i believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times one for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm glad we got to talk about BravoCon, but while you're here, I do want to talk a little bit about this week's episode of Real Housewives of Potomac because, you know... That was also happening and it was juicy and it feels like this season has really hit the ground running with all of these storylines. We got so many of them in episode one, but then this week we really are starting to dig into the uh, Candace and Chris and the big drama that looks like it's going to continue between Giselle and Candace this season. Mm -hmm. No, it's the ending was so good. I love the fourth wall break when they do it right. Like we can't do this too much because we I feel like we're kind of entering in dangerous territory on Bravo shows because they used to totally ignore the kind of filming of the show and rarely do it. Now it's almost like every show is getting kind of like their moment to break the wall a bit. And I think they're doing it well so far, but I don't want to go 
too much. Like, I don't want this to become, like, The Hills, where... And I know it's not, like, The Hills because it's not scripted, but, like... Or in those later episodes of Teen Mom, shout out anyone who still watches Teen Mom, where they're just, like, talking to the producers all the time. Like, that's a mm-hmm. little much. But this, I feel like, so far has been a good balance. But Candace... Like, Giselle is a great housewife for so many reasons. And one of them is the fact that she obviously has been thinking about this since her and Chris had whatever this bizarre interaction was at the reunion. And she didn't say it to anyone besides, like, Robin, who's her best friend. And she waited to start filming. And that's what we need a housewife to do. We don't need this social media BS. We don't need, like, even in an interview, like, doing it on the show is the point. But obviously, Candace was like, are you kidding me? I'm seeing this as, like, a storyline that she didn't want to be a part of. Right. She waited till they were filming. And also, I think even... More strategically, she waited for Ashley to bring up this DM that Chris sent her so she could be like, oh, that's interesting. By the way, I have a story about Chris, too. It when was Chris- very Kenya Moore stealing the microphone during we'll Squash That Beef with Ashley and Vicky to be like, I, too, have a story about Vicky being a monster. <laughs> and, and and Teresa's like, I, three, have a yes. story. Um, <laughs> How many people on that stage have been like, I want to tell my Vicky Gumbelson um, snubbed me story? Like, that was like, iconic. But Go yeah. on Facebook, be like, Ashley yeah. Darby marked herself safe from Vicky Gumbelson. <laughs> Stop. Oh my God. But yeah, That's I mean, so Giselle, Giselle really is a master of her craft. And this is something where it's like, Giselle is one of those people where I think there are certain people who find her really distasteful because she is so blatant about mm-hmm. being messy a lot of the time. And this is another one of those situations where it's like, did she really have a reason to feel uncomfortable with Chris? Probably not. not. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like this is like well, it doesn't I, I, it doesn't really sound like anything particularly shady happened. Right. But at the same time, if she's saying that this is how it made her feel, then that's what we got to run with and we've talked on Beverly Hills about how feelings are feelings and you can't police someone else's feelings and words are words. words and so it's words. like for Giselle to bring this up, it's like, yeah, I'm down. Let's talk about it. And Candace kind of like what you were saying about breaking the fourth wall in this case, Candace sort of pulled up Bravo, Bravo, Bravo mm-hmm. because she just, you know, rather than responding to Giselle, she was like, I need Eric. Where's Eric? Yeah. <laughs> I, I only want to talk Eric? to Eric. And so in that case, I feel like she kind of forced the issue of breaking the fourth wall because to not break the fourth wall, they would have had to just like cut that whole scene. Right. Maybe well, she like, would have just like walked out and, Right. There's no real way to cut around it. And then there would have just been this inexplicable weirdness within the group. So it's in this case, it's like, oh, yes, we need to know that Candace was that upset with the way that was brought up. And then when she's like, when she's like, they're if they're trying to malign my husband, Michael Darby's here for that. They can already have one of those. That was just like so perfect because she's right. (laughs) She's so right. She's so right. And like, I honestly, Potomac's one of those things. I like all of them for what they bring. It's like, I think that they're all, it's a great cast. I think that they all play their parts perfectly, but they're being real, but they are playing. Like Giselle knows what she's got to do, but I think she genuinely does mean it also. But like with the specific DMs in this specific moment, like the DM that Chris sent Ashley, the you should have gone to whatever the restaurant like he works at. I don't think that that was bad, right? Like that was him just by like, you should have come to where my restaurant was. Like you went to this other one. Right. And especially when I think like once Candace explained that, that it's like he's the general manager there and he's trying to turn it into a thing. Right. 
Ashley has whatever, how many hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers. Obviously, it would be a coup to get her to post at his restaurant. Like, there's no actual weirdness there. It's like, next time, come give publicity to my spot. And like... (laughs) I th- I hope Ashley is like on the same page about that because that is just like silly if you were yeah. still angry. But yeah, I, it's like everyone in this cast knows what to do. They're professionals. Right. They're, they're professionals. Their, their panel at BravoCon was so fun because they're exactly like they are in the show. You know, they can they can dish out the shade. They can take the shade and then they can flip or, flip it around on its head and be, you know, warm and respectful to one another in the same breath. And that I feel like that's just what they do so well. A hundred percent. I only saw the first 20 minutes of their panel because then I ran to Southern Charm. But to even just see like Giselle and Karen interact in real life of this like frenemy bond where like within the same breath of complimenting another one, each other, they're also shading each other, but then they like move on. It's truly art. Like no other show does that this well. And even in this episode with all the stuff with Mia and her like whatever cancer post, if that was any other franchise, I mean, imagine how long we would spend that whole part, that whole spring fling taco whatever party <laughs> would have been about that post. And instead it was a great solid five minutes and then we moved on. And I know we'll circle back, but like Yolanda Hadid and her Lyme disease Instagram post, like we talked about that for like, we still, they still talk about that somehow. Like, I feel like that's, that was another example of just Potomac, like giving exactly what we wanted. The Wendy, who are you to, to me as friend who I guess is on the cast, right? Cause she showed up later. That was I believe girl. she is a friend of this season. Jacqueline. She, and I, Wendy was just like, who are you? When, Wendy's like, I'm not even trying to be shady. I just have no clue who the fuck right. you are. It's like, uh, I, I respect that. <laughs> she was like, you're mic'd, I think. Like, so should I know you? Like, are you in this? Like, am I supposed to like bring you in? Like, are you fair game? I feel like that's what she was saying. She's like, is it fair for me to like come for you? Is it fair? Like, you, she, I guess she must have known she was mic'd, but she was just like, I just need to get my grounds. Like, you weren't called for the scene. That's actually a good, that's a good read on it because she's like, okay, we just started, this is the first like cast event of the season. Like I thought I knew everybody that was going to be (laughs) included. I think it was perfect. (laughs) Like it's a, she's like a Shep's cousin Marcy kind of vibe where it's like, oh, now we have a friend. Yes. Oh my God. Shep's cousin Marcy, by the way, she's really nice, but like she did like the press line by herself. And I don't know why they had her go alone, but they had like Naomi and Taylor go together. They had Catherine and Olivia. Like they teamed up Austin and Craig, all the Southern Charm people, but she walked alone. And I could could tell like at the end, like she was like insecure about it. She was like, I wish they put me with someone because I didn't know if anyone even wanted to talk to me. And the Bihar people were like, no, like they did. They could have passed on you, whatever. But then she proceeded to do like eight minute interviews with everyone she talked to and everyone else did like two minutes. So, like, God bless her. But it was just like, a, this is strange that Shep's cousin Marcy is, like, having a BravoCon moment, but whatever. I mean, I'm glad Shep's cousin Marcy had fun at BravoCon. I don't know if she'll make it to the next one, but... Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I honestly, that's a good that's a good point. But And also, did you see, sorry, I know we're talking about Potomac, but did you see the Southern Charm panel that Shep revealed that Thomas Ravenel is on Reddit? Um <sighs> With a, the name, under the name, no, no Vegetarian or something, Defending Shep on Reddit, like as watching the reunion and going on Reddit defending Shep and sent him screenshots of his comments defending him. And Shep felt the need to tell everyone that at the panel. The way my eyes just glazed over when you started talking about Thomas Ravenel, I'm like, ooh. It's dark. And Patricia was trying to get the crowd to be like, shouldn't we bring Thomas back? And Catherine was like, absolutely not. It was so awkward. Patricia. It wasn't great. After she just did a whole speech about how men don't change, then she goes, guys, we should bring back Thomas. I think he's better. It was the weirdest. Look, I love Patricia, but the woman is 81 years old, looking great, by the way. But like the casting decisions cannot be in her hands. No, no, no. Not at all. She's like, I mean, 
she loves her son Whitney for all his quirks. And it's like, yeah, but like not all of his like seedy friends need to come back to Southern charm. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, well, I am so glad I got to chat with you about this weekend because I feel like we were both very much in our own worlds, but, you know, so much going on. A hundred percent. When I saw you at the Legends Ball taping, I was so excited to see you because we met at BravoCon the first time and we both come so far and like 75 people wanted to take your picture and you're a oh star. Um, but being at that taping was something like that will have forever because it was truly the most like bonkers two hours of my life. Exactly. Very much so. By the way, it was just so nice to meet people this weekend. If you came up and said hi or took a picture or anything, I love hearing about how you love the podcast and that's why we do it. That's what we do it for. Um, and so, yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm glad everyone, I hope everyone had a great weekend. Um, I hope everyone was safe. I hope everyone is re- recovering well. Which um, we should say, the amount of security difference between Friday and Saturday was quite alarming, even from the entrances to the panels. Like, they really did up. They called somebody. They called the NYPD and were like, we need all of your extras to be at BravoCon because the difference between Friday and Saturday was astounding. So they did turn it around pretty quick. Exactly. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Go check out Us Weekly to read all of Sarah's coverage from BravoCon and everything else because, you know, it's all the tea you need to know, really. We never sleep. Thank you so much, Dylan. (laughs) Of course. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Picot. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.